The problems in Zimbabwe begin in 2000. Um, they basically revolve around land contestations between um, um, white Zimbabweans and a um, black government, the Zanu PF government, um, which, which um, sought to redress um, land imbalance, but um, at the same time linked this campaign for land redistribution to um, a campaign trying to, to, to defeat the, the new opposition MDC party. Um, but I want to jump ahead straight to uh, events of last year, 2008, post the, the March election. Um, I'm sure we were all stunned by um, the amount of violence that went on. And I want to begin there because I think the, 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 the key thing or the, the, that's inhibited, be, be it SADC and other organizations outside, from finding a resolution to the problems in Zimbabwe for a long time was the nature of the violence. I mean, I mean, the, I mean, the instruments of violence were fists, sticks, boots, stones, bicycle chains, and metal poles. I mean, this is what they would beat people up with. Sort of like soft violence um, 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 that doesn't risk external intervention. Uh, nobody was being killed as such. So it's just kind of, we're watching on TV. It's, 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 it's people be beaten up or bruised. Oh my God, that's horrible, that's horrible. What can we do about that? But uh, nobody actually died. They were just beat up. We can't send any troops in there. You try diplomacy, Robert Mugabe simply are listening. So in a sense, Sadiq was tied. So I think it's important to understand the nature of that violence. And um, um, in that, that way, if, so it's a wild analogy, maybe it's not. I think this, that strategy, in terms of like some more form for like um, incremental brutality, um, goes back most famously to the Yugoslavian government of um, Slobodan Milosevic. I think in 1999, Milosevic implemented a program of ethnic cleansing that sought to expel ethnic Albanian Kosovars from Kosovo, which would make the territory Serb-dominated. Now, Milosevic's ethnic cleansing program was premised on incremental brutality. The Milosevic government calculated that if it kept violence in Kosovo below a tolerable threshold, NATO was unlikely to intervene. Um, the dictum, a village a day keeps NATO away, became the Milosevic government's guiding principle in this ethnic cleansing program. Um, Mugabe boasts of degrees in violence, quote-unquote. And we could say the same strategy went on in Zimbabwe. Um, for example, the, the in, with regards to the land seizures, um, which began in 2000, um, the Mugabe government sought to present black farm invaders as genuine war veterans and landless peasants, denied access to their heritage and the right to higher standards of living by a racist white minority. In this way, Mugabe claimed the mantle of victim. The Mugabe government claimed the mantle of victim for itself and the wider black population. Invading war veterans looted and burned white-owned property, intimidated white farmers, slaughtered their pets, but there was no wholesale slaughter of white farmers and their families. Um, this restraint promulgated this perception of black victimhood. Um, this is one of the things that was quite striking about the land invasions when, when, when the seizures went on. Um, um, and I don't mean to play a numbers game here, but only 12 white farmers were killed. When invaders took over farms, they, 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 they did not, on most occasions, besides beating up farmers, they killed the pets. Why? Why they killed the pets? Pets were a were, were symbol of white racism in Zimbabwe. It's, it's common folklore. You know, um, It's raining, it's cold, the black farm workers out in the open, 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 back of the open truck and the white farmer's dog is in front. So they kill dogs instead. Don't kill the farms. You kill the farmers, uh, somebody's going to send troops in here and you know, 
remove the regime. So I, I just want to begin by that the nature of the violence it's been it's, it's been conducted in such a way that it, it's been hard um, um, to, 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 to to use any kind of forceful measures, so to speak, to prevent it. But I want to get on to static. Uh, I don't have much time. Um, I, I'll say four things about um, the community. I think it's in spite of the fact that a, a deal was reached in September, September um, 2008. Um, I, I don't see that as a success. Um, um, in 2000, you had one of the most functional states you'll ever find in Africa. It could do anything. It worked. For a crisis to run on for that long, eight years, and it degenerates to the verge of state failure, um, is a huge failure in my, in, my, in my book. Now, why didn't this happen before? Why wasn't the deal struck? And we can talk about whether the unity government deal is such a great idea in the question and answer session. But I think, first of all, the thing to, to underline, one key observation that comes out of this, is the mantra about African solutions to African problems is vacuous. Um, um, there's no real commitment to this. At many times, key summits uh, were where they would bring Mugabe together in the opposition. Um, on one occasion, for example, only five leaders out of the 15-nation bloc actually bothered to show up. The other ten just weren't there. This is static. Second thing, I think, for as long as the political calculus of African leaders remains unchanged, they will pay lip service um, to peace building. African politicians respond to factors that can win or lose elections. If there is no domestic electoral price to pay, they can easily ignore or be indecisive about perceived foreign problems. This was the case with Zimbabwe. No African leader lost an election because they didn't resolve the, the, the problems in Zimbabwe. Right? African opposition parties and civil society need to make the resolution of African crises election issues in their respective domestic constituencies. Only then will incumbent African politicians and who belong to bodies such as SADC feel compelled to act decisively. Um, the other thing, um, third, I think I need to get is is just the, the nature of Zimbabwean political culture, kind of ties into what um, gentlemen you were saying about you know when you've got two two parties antagonistic towards each other, if they're not willing to come together, um, like just so, so, so sit down and work things out, um, you're never going to get a deal. I think this is a, Zimbabwe has a highly intolerant, um, particularly the, the form of nationalism that has been promoted by the ruling party ZANU-PF, highly intolerant. There is no room for any other party besides the ruling party, which sees itself as the guardian of Zimbabwean independence because it delivered independence. So no one else can be allowed to, to rule this country um, in, in our absence or by our side because we fought for this country. So there's this strong intolerance and, and, and it, was, it, was, it, it was for a long time, it was a key stumbling block. And even now, with the unity government deal, um, Zanu PF still behaves as if um, it is the only um, party in government. Another thing I want to mention is the lack of a majority of bona fide um, Democrats amongst African leaders um, cripples the march of democracy on the continent. I mean, Angola staged less than free and fair elections. Uh, last September, um, um, 
the Zambian recent most recent Zambian election was uh, presidential election was disputed. Swaziland is 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 governed by an absolute monarch. Um, and these are the member states of SADC. Um, are they really going to promote democracy um, in Mugabe's country? No. Um, last thing. Often, um, the opposition leader Morgan Changirai accused Sadiq of lacking the courage and the decency to look Robert Mugabe in the eyes and instruct him to, to share power fairly with his party. I think it's more accurate to say that Sadiq lacks the institutional capacity to deal effectively with regional political crises, um, Zimbabwe being one of them. Sadiq was originally created as a regional economic development body, not a political community. While SADC has declared democratic norms and standards in recent years, there are no punitive measures in place to guarantee that they're respected. So they all go there, we've got to do peace, we've got to do free and fair elections, but, but if somebody doesn't, what, what, what do you do about that? They know. 